This is a Triple J podcast. Hack. Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Hack Podcast. How many friends have you made as an adult? Like, are you someone who finds it really easy or do you stress about it and you end up feeling really isolated? Because loneliness isn't just something that older people experience. So how do you deal with it? Later, we're going to be talking about making friends, dealing with being lonely when you move away or you change jobs. We've also got an update on a big change to medical abortion access in Australia. So we're going to explain what's happened there. First, though, have you done your tax? Hack. I actually want to cry. On Triple J. It feels like more people are talking about tax this year than usual, and not for good reasons. If you're one of those people that hangs out for tax time because you usually get a little present from the ATO, you might be a little disappointed this year, or a lot disappointed, because that return refund that you usually chuck into savings or throw on the car, Red Joe, could be missing. Actually, a lot of young Australians are coming to the horror realisation they actually owe money to the ATO for the first time. Is this you? If you've done your tax already, you got in really quick, and you also got this nasty surprise, let me know. What's the damage? What's it going to mean for you right now in terms of paying for it? Call in 1300 555 You can message in as well, 0439757555. In a minute, we're going to speak to a finance brain who's going to be able to answer some of your questions. But first, here's Miles Holbrook-Walk with a little tax investigation. Yes, it's tax time. Each year, almost 9 million Australians claim about $22 billion of work expenses. Probably in three weeks' time, everyone's gonna be a little richer. Yeah, it's that time again. We're all gearing up for a nice little treat back from the ATO. Nobody loves doing taxes, but we love a good return. But this year, something's different. If you earned under $126,000 this financial year, you might actually get uh, less money back than usual. What in this economy? More than 10 million middle-income Australians will face one of the largest tax hikes in history this year. I just did my tax return. I owe $3,249. Are you kidding? Hamish was one of those looking forward to a nice return this year. It's his first year of full-time work and he wanted to get in early. I wasn't banking on anything specifically, but I was sort of, you know, I was looking forward to getting that extra little payout. But things took a turn pretty quickly. It was a a solemn atmosphere. It was me, two roommates and my girlfriend. We're all uh, looking at our tax calculation and none of them were good. We all had to pay the ATO, which was not, not a nice atmosphere to be in. Hamish shows a couple of hundred dollars, as do some of his mates. He kind of feels like no one really saw this coming either. Yeah, I guess it's, it's shocking for a lot of people. Hannah worked as a nurse up in Mackay and was also expecting money back. I was just going through the government website um, on the ATO to do it yourself sort of thing. I was obviously expecting to be owed tax, but instead it went the other way and I was owing tax back to the government. She owed the government a thousand bucks and was kind of stunned because she'd worked heaps of overtime and expected to see a significant refund. And then seeing that the majority of that overtime work got taxed anyway um, on each payslip, I kind of just expected that I would get a lot of that tax back. After hearing all these stories, I was obviously freaking out a little, but I bit the bullet and decided to see an expert to sort out my own tax return. Hey, Tanya, how are you? It's so nice to meet you. Hi, hi, Miles. How are you? Thanks for having me. When I'm usually doing my taxes, I've tended to 
get returns recently, so I'm kind of hoping to have that same experience ideally, but I guess we're going to find out. I've seen a little bit of stuff online as well about people ending up having to owe. Oh, all right. This is a bit of a shock to me. I owe about $1,400 to the ATO. Now, I haven't ever owed money to the tax office before, so I must say I'm a little bit surprised by this. Tanya, my accountant, says the reason I owe money this year is because I'm claiming less or there aren't as many tax offsets available to me. Now, an important point here is this isn't official financial advice and you need to get your own help, like from an accountant or elsewhere before making any big money decisions. For a lot of young people, tax is such a headache. And Hannah thinks that's because we're not learning enough about it early on. But now I've got myself in a position where I'm like looking into accountants and like trying to weigh up whether it's worth getting an accountant and like trying to talk to other people and trying to learn more about it. But it's all in my own time. Hack on Triple J. Yeah, Miles Holbrook Walk with that little bit of an update on tax. We're hearing from you on the text line. I knew this would hit. Someone says, I've paid nearly $12,000 in tax and I still owe $3,000. Just because you raised my hex by four grand doesn't mean you can take more from me. Another person, I just did my tax return. I've earned just under $60,000, paid over $13,000 in tax. Apparently, I'm only getting a $1,000 return with my deductions. Someone says, why would you open with this disastrous news, Dave? I want to return this year for a change. I haven't done my return yet. I'm still waiting on some of my information. Yeah, look, sorry about it, but we've got to get into this because it's a real big issue that we're hearing from a lot of young Australians. Let's find out a bit more with an expert. Josh Lee is a financial advisor with Link Wealth Group. He's on TikTok, got a lot of useful money explainers on there you might have seen. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for coming on Hack. No problems at all, guys. Thanks for having me on. What's going on? Why does everyone's tax return refund seem to be so low this year? Yeah, it's a really good question and it's probably the, the time of it couldn't be uh, any worse with um, you know inflation and cost of living, rising interest rates, etc. all happening at the moment. But the big rural one that everyone's talking about is the uh, low and middle income tax offset actually being removed. And that did affect the vast majority of earners here in Australia, particularly those earning between $37,000 all the way up into one hundred and twenty-six dollars whereas in the previous financial years, they did get a little bit of extra back based upon this temporary offset but now that's been scrapped and uh, yeah when everyone's doing their tax returns um, as of roundabout now uh, they're going to be in for a little bit of a shock. Yeah they certainly are and we're hearing it loud and clear on the text line somebody says I paid $160 for someone to do my tax only to be told I'm only getting $6 back my partner owes $2,100 thanks Australian government that's from Luke in Hobart another person says oh my god I can relate went in expecting $700 to $2,000 back came out having to pay over $2,000 people are so surprised by this Josh are you seeing a lot of young people in particular getting in touch pretty overwhelmed by finding out they owe money for the first time yeah, pretty, pretty standard across the board. I'm seeing it, uh, I suppose, more so just on my on my social media with some of the videos I'm, I'm doing. Um, and I think there's a little bit out there of just a bit of a misconception around tax time in that it's always an expectation that you should be getting a return when necessarily it's not always the, the case um, as well in relation to how, you know, tax system actually works um, here in Australia, but definitely loud and clear um, hearing, it, hearing it across the board. It's, um, yeah, it's, I think everyone's in a little bit of the same boat at the moment. If you do owe money, but you can't afford to pay it back right away. What are your options? 
Yeah, I believe you can go on a um, like a repayment um, sort of schedule if you cannot make those repayments as well. And usually when you're going to be working with your accountant, um, usually you can sort of delay the actual uh, lodgement of your tax return as well. So many of which I was I was one of those, only actually paid our tax bills um, a couple of months ago now. So there are a few different options uh, in relation to that, but always would be best in this space to be having a chat with your accountant. And from my point of view, as a, as a financial advisor, would always suggest... Um, getting your tax returns done with an accountant so you can get the best result. That's the other thing as well, because there would be a lot of people listening who think, I just can't afford an accountant, I do it myself. If people are doing their taxes themselves, what should they be keeping in mind? Yeah, that's a real tricky one because in my opinion, I would always suggest at least do it with an accountant even because then the um, the cost of the accountant, of course, is a tax deduction to you as well. So when I always get that question from um, clients, I would always suggest at least doing it uh, with an accountant because, uh, you know, the tax legislation and, and so on can, can always um, change upon you, I suppose, at, at any point in time. In terms of what you can and can't claim, I would always suggest not to try and do it yourself because the last thing you want to do is be claiming the wrong things and then you put yourself in a position where potentially if you were audited at the um, the ATO could come back and actually then ask for you to pay back that money um, that you've got as well. So that's generally the approach I, I take with that. This is Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. I'm speaking with financial advisor Josh Lee about tax returns. Why a lot of young people especially are pretty disappointed with their return refunds this year, not getting much back or even owing money for the first time. Josh, you mentioned kind of the consequences of stuffing things up and why you should get an expert to look look at things, what does happen? Like if you, if you put the wrong information in there, if you lie, claiming a few too many work expenses, what are the consequences? Yeah, well, potentially you could end up in a position where you are audited and then ultimately you would have to pay back all of that money that you should never have gotten in the first place. And I've, I've actually seen that in a couple of scenarios from people I've actually personally known whereby um, they were getting some of the wrong um, advice as well and were, were pushing through and, and putting too many deductions of which they couldn't uh, actually claim. And um, they were eventually or well, got randomly audited, um, which can always happen from time to time. And uh, they were forced to pay back all of that money, which you can imagine would be quite difficult given what everything else that's going on uh, at the moment and hence why I would never uh, suggest to try and run the gauntlet in that in that way. On the text line, Brad from Townsville says, can confirm you can go on a payment plan if you have a tax debt from previous personal experience. Thank you for that, Brad. Another person says, how can someone owe the ATO money whilst being paid so little? It's a joke and it's backwards. It's not cool at all. That's someone's opinion there. Another person, I'm scared to lodge mine. I work for myself as well as working for a company and I have a rental. It's complicated and they'll tell me they can't give an estimate then surprise me with a big bill. So what do we think, uh, Josh, in terms of education on this? Do you think there's a real issue with people not understanding much about tax in general, how the system works? Like, do you notice that with your own mates? 100% and I think that's where this all sort of stems from to begin with because there's that there's a misconception around when it comes tax time that it's kind of like the bonus of the year that you should be getting money back which is generally not always going to be the the case because how the system works is if you've had the correct amount of tax actually withheld from your pay uh, from your say your employer uh, potentially you you shouldn't actually be in a position where you should be getting any tax back because you've had the the correct amount of tax actually withheld so I suppose there's a bit of that um, belief that you come to tax 
tax time and you would then get, it's, it's a bit of a cash grab, but that's, it, we've had a bit of a, a benefit from the uh, low and middle income tax offset over the last couple of years, which I suppose people have kind of been taking for granted uh, in a way, because particularly those earning between 48K and $90,000 a year, uh, we're getting back essentially an extra $1,500 in their pocket over the last couple of financial years. And now that that's been taken away, now really it's, I suppose it's been emphasised and, re- and really highlighted the um, the pain that that's uh, caused. But to be clear, it was never actually supposed to be there forever as well. It was only sort of a temporary relief uh, that was put in during COVID. So 100%, I think it's just more around the actual education of how our tax system uh, works because really... Um, in essence, if you've had the correct amount of tax withheld, you shouldn't be getting any tax back um, come tax time, nor should you be have to pay, be paying back um, ex- extra tax back uh, as well. So there's plenty of education to be done in that space. Hey, interesting stuff and definitely a surprise if you've only done tax once or twice in your life before and now you're figuring you might have to pay some back. We weren't expecting it. Good advice there. Obviously, always speak to an expert about your individual situation. Uh, that's the that's the big advice. Financial advisor Josh Lee. You can catch him on TikTok at Josh Lee Financial Advisor. Hey, Josh, thanks so much. We appreciate you coming on. No problems. Appreciate your time, mate. And we've got some messages coming through. Someone says, I'm a uni student and work two to three days a week. I rely on youth allowance and I did my tax and now I owe over $500. Youth allowance is to help me live, but now I owe money. Don't see how they can justify that. Another person, people need to remember our taxes pay for schools, universities, hospitals, roads. Our taxes are important. It's not all about us. Well, I guess it's, you know, uh, an interesting point to to finish on. It's hard to remember that, though, when you owe a whole lot of money. Hack. We know it's time limited, of course. There's some urgency about getting the treatment early. On Triple J. You know, it's thought one in three Australian women will have an abortion during their lifetime. It's a lot more common than most people think. And you probably know there's an operation you can have, but there's also a termination pill. And at the moment, even if you find a doctor who's allowed to prescribe it to you, you can run into heaps of roadblocks just trying to find a pharmacist who can give it to you. But there's been some rule changes that have just been announced today. What will they mean? Claudia Long's got this update. MS two-step or abortion pills are about to be a lot easier to pick up from the chemist. It's a combination of two medications, mifepristone and misoprostol. You take mifepristone first. It blocks the hormone needed for a pregnancy to progress. Then, a couple of days later, you take the misoprostol, which prompts the body to expel the tissue. It's much less invasive than surgery, but until now, doctors, nurses and pharmacists have needed special training and extra registration to prescribe it. Over the weekend, that tripped up Gold Coast GP Dr Liesl White. I was doing a Saturday clinic, which we all take turns to do, and I had a young woman come in who fit the bill absolutely perfectly. She would, I managed to organise her to have some bloods and an ultrasound, but um, my medication, my registration has currently lapsed and I wasn't able to prescribe for her, so I've had to then organise for her to see one of my colleagues. It's not that she didn't want to prescribe it, it's that she can't. The clock is ticking. These procedures have to be performed before nine weeks. And uh, breaking news, it's been a busy few years, particularly if you're in medicine. COVID. Essentially, COVID has uh, changed the way we practice. Borders changed. I wasn't able to access my previous clinic. I had to do telehealth. For me, not headspace to take on yet another task, get another registration. So it's been pretty much impossible to find the time to re-register. And that means that she needs to refer her patients somewhere else for medical abortions. But that's all about to change.
From August 1st, the National Medicine Regulator is removing those requirements for extra certification and registration. On top of that, nurse practitioners, who are nurses with extra qualifications, will also be able to prescribe MS2-STEP on the Medicare Benefits Scheme, just like doctors do, increasing patient options even further. Currently, the situation is pretty dire, with just one in 10 doctors registered to prescribe this medicine, despite one in three Australian women having an abortion during our lives. The federal government is very pleased with the regulator's decision, especially Assistant Minister for Health, Jed Carney. We know it's time limited, of course, so um, there's some urgency about um, getting the treatment early. And so we think this, this is a really practical, good change that will help a lot of women. But doctors say they can't rest on their laurels yet because there's a lot of work to do to make sure the medical workforce is skilled in administering this procedure. On top of that, the Greens are calling on the government to step up like the TGA has done, but this time make MS2-STEP and surgical abortion free. We're still waiting on the federal government's response to a major Senate investigation into reproductive health. Labor has said the recommendations of that inquiry will have a significant impact on the decisions the federal government makes, with the ministers responsible for those things repeatedly referring to it whenever they were asked about abortion and contraception. Now we've got the inquiry's 36 recommendations, but no firm date yet from the government about when they'll tell us what the rest of their plan is to make abortion accessible to every Australian. Hack on Triple J. Claudia Long with that update, an important one. If you want to read more, Claudia's got a big explainer on the ABC News website. You can go find it there. And as Claude said, we'll keep you on top of any developments the government announces on this issue. Make sure you're right across it. Hack. I think if you struggle to make friends in the first place and you've kind of in your head worn out all the options because there isn't as many people here, then you do find yourself in that rut. On Triple J. You know, loneliness is not something we talk a lot about, especially young Australians. When you hear about the epidemic of loneliness, you're probably thinking of older people living by themselves, disconnected from family and friends. And yeah, that is a huge issue. It's a massive issue around the world. But loneliness does impact everyone. It's awful. And it can really hit our physical and mental health too. The fix isn't that easy though, is it? Especially when it comes to making friends. Like, do you reckon it's hard to make new mates as an adult? When you moved away to a new town or city, maybe overseas, started a new job, how much harder did you find it to make friends than you did at school or at uni? When there were so many people always around you, everyone needed a mate. Message in 0439757555. A lot of people are embarrassed to admit they struggle to make friends, but we all go through it. We've had two reporters in totally different parts of the country look into this issue for us, how loneliness and friendship affect young people in their parts of the world. Setting off on a new adventure is exciting, but the thought of moving somewhere different alone is, well, let's face it, a bit scary. Enjoy, let's see if you like this one. Yeah, thank you. Hey, my name's Bernie, and I'm at a wine tasting today with a bunch of girls I just met. How's your week been? We all have one thing in common though. We've actually found it pretty hard to make new friends. I tried to make friends with um, people I went to school with, but I found that really tricky to build those relationships again. Ashley is here with me at the wine tasting. I met her and the other girls here through a Facebook group chat called Project Making Friends. I moved more than a thousand k's away from home on the East Coast to be an ABC reporter here in Port Lincoln, a remote part of South Australia. In the first few months, I really struggled to meet new people, 
and chatting to the girls here today, it was nice to find out I wasn't the only one. I think it's so important wherever you move, um, especially moving to a rural place, to be really well supported. 22-year-old Amy is from Mount Gambier and is new to Port Lincoln. She moved here for uni placement and reckons it really wasn't easy moving away from home, but it's been so worth it now she's made friends. It's something that's so exciting, but also so nerve-wracking at the same time. We'd moved our whole life, our animals down here, and we were just like, was this the wrong thing to do? Ashley's in her 20s and she grew up here, but moved away in primary school before coming back 15 years later. And she even struggled to make any connections for a while. Those first nine months were really, really daunting. But yeah, when we eventually made a friendship group, I was like, oh, this was so worth it in the end. Another big struggle with living in the regions is that people are always coming and going. Sometimes it can feel like you've just made a friend and then they leave. I thought Ashley made a great point about this. I really think it's important to make friends with even just the students that are down here that aren't necessarily coming back for the fact that, you know, they're not going to want to come down here if they don't have friends. It is an amazing place if you know what to do, but you will never know what to do down here. You will never know the little wonders of Lincoln unless you have a local. The struggle isn't real just here, though. Hi, Bernie. How are you going? Hey, April. Good. How are you? It's super cold here in town. I've been speaking with Hacks reporter in Launceston, April McLennan. It's her job to speak to young people all over regional Australia. And she agrees with me here. So many people find it hard. Totally. I see so many posts that are super sweet from people new to town wanting to make friends. And that's actually how I met Dan. Decided to move to Launceston, Tasmania as a part of my church, Awaken Church, that I was a part of in Wollongong to move here and start up a branch of that here. He's 25 and says things were pretty lonely here for a while after he moved here with his wife. Some people, I think, are in their cliques and very happy with their community and don't necessarily need to let somebody else in. So I've felt that cold shoulder a few times. Do you think that's tough, making friends as an adult compared to when you're a kid? Definitely. I just think it comes naturally as a kid, especially being in school. You're there five days a week with the same people. You're kind of forced to be friends with them. Um, And now we've tried different things and some things have had success and some haven't. Something I've noticed in Facebook groups is that women tend to post more friendship call-outs. And I wondered if Dan thought being a guy came with its own challenges. Uh, My wife did find a lot of pages for women and women who were just like, I'm desperate to meet up with somebody, let's go for a coffee. And I know that's not how guys work in general, so it didn't surprise me that guys aren't there saying, please, let's go cry together and catch up for a coffee. Yeah, do you think with that, especially with young men, that it can really lead to loneliness? Absolutely. Definitely, I think it it leads to loneliness and you sit there feeling like there must be something wrong with you if you can't make those friends. Dan has had some success and found a few new friends, but it's so hard leaving behind a community and building a new one. But he says he's going to keep putting himself out there. I've found that one of the most important things to overall health in life is a community group and finding people that are positively building into your life. And, yeah, if anyone is lonely in the Launceston area, you can come and be my friend. I would happily (laughs) hang out with you and get coffee and play basketball. Hack on Triple J. Hey, who's going to say no to a basketball game? Such a nice story there. Important stuff as well, and this is really hitting with you on the text line. Bernadette Clark and April McLennan making friends all over the country there. Thank you so much for that story. Someone on the text line, I have to move every two years for my work. It's a struggle, but eventually you adapt to it. That was from Nick in Warramai country. Another person, I'm 19, moved from Perth to Brizzy last October. Never been so lonely. The world is so social, but also so isolating. 
and someone else. After my high school friendship groups broke up for good reasons or drifted apart, I found myself in my 20s with mostly drinking buddies. I still find it hard to make friends. Where do you even find other geeky queer women who share your weird interests? Well, let's talk a bit more about connecting loneliness. Dr. Marley Bauer is with the Matilda Centre for Research in Mental Health at the University of Sydney. She spent years looking into loneliness and its impacts. Hey, Marley, thanks for coming on Hack. Thanks for having me. How big of an issue is loneliness in Australia? It, It is big. So recent estimates have shown that one in three Australians feel lonely at any one time. And that is, that's a lot of us, but it's particularly Uh, damaging, I think, when we think about it in terms of, as you mentioned before, the risks associated with loneliness. So people who are lonely um, have higher risk of mental health issues like anxiety, depression and even suicide. So it's a serious issue. You know, it's really weird and we're hearing from people on the text line about how connected we seem to be in terms of social media, in in terms of access, being able to see people, uh, you know, with uh, transport being available and all the rest of it. But Mm. it feels like we've never been more disconnected. Absolutely. And I think what your story is, is hinting into two different areas that exacerbate loneliness. So people who are young adults, so in that kind of late teens, early 20s group, tend to be the loneliest group in our society. And that's because it's this massive time of transition where your social life and your social identity get kind of chucked upside down. You know, you're moving from your school group to uni or to work and you have to build up this whole sense of kind of belonging um, in, in a place you've never kind of connected with before. And above and beyond that, we've just gone through the pandemic, which you know has turbocharged the isolation that young people can feel. So, you know, there's no longer the capacity to or there wasn't for a while, to be in lectures with someone and sit by them and chat and gossip about the lecturer and, you know, form those connections or the water cooler talk at work was no longer an issue or possible. So it's kind of magnified all of the issues there. Um, And in the same way for those that have moved towns, there's not that capacity to join a local community group in the way that we had pre-pandemic because a lot of these still haven't come back. And in my own research, a lot of the young people have reported finding it difficult to rebuild the confidence socialising face-to-face because they feel like they've lost those potential connections that they really had hoped to make and maintain into later adulthood. This is Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. I'm speaking with Dr Marley Bauer about loneliness and we're hearing from so many of you on the text line who do experience this and struggle to make new friends. Someone says, I moved here from Canada three years ago for my partner. I found it super hard to make friends on the Gold Coast compared to Vancouver. The friendships seem just a bit superficial. Not sure if it's just the area though. Someone else says, my partner and I met a couple at a party. After hitting it off, the girl said, this is really awkward, but will you be our adult friends? It was the most honest, raw way to make friends as an adult, and we loved her for it. We've been friends ever since. That was from Lauren. Marley, what are some of the ways we can overcome loneliness? Okay, so that's a perfect example because a lot of the loneliness research has found that when you feel lonely, you start to feel like you start to see rejection in other people, Um, you start to feel very socially vulnerable. But the research shows that actually you're not as socially vulnerable as you think. Most people are kind and and most people really want to be your friend and connect with you. So firstly, to say that if you feel lonely at this time, you're not alone. One in three of us at any one point are. Um, And, you know, we need to tear down the stigma around it. Um, But 
think of um, loneliness as a social thermostat or alarm system. It's a way of telling your brain telling you, I need to connect and I need to think about what's missing in my social life and how I can get there. So joining social groups, um, is uh, community groups like book clubs and things like that is a great way. Um, but also it's just saying yes and being uh, speaking to a trusted friend about how to connect more is often the best way to... to uh, to reconnect with those around you and find that place that you're missing. Got some more messages coming through. Someone says defence members and especially their families can really relate to this. That was from Dave in Queensland. Dan in Melbourne says, I quickly make work friends, but I change jobs regularly and lose them just as fast. I've got no long-term friends. And that, yeah, is a problem that we hear from a lot of people. And someone else says, I got sober four years ago and moved to Sydney to get away from my old crowd. There's not many avenues to make friends when you don't drink or take drugs. So I haven't made any friends outside of work. That was from Nathaniel in Parramatta. Hey, we're getting so many messages through on this. The most important thing, I guess, is to stay connected, as Marley's saying. Dr. Marley Bauer from the Matilda Centre for Research and Mental Health. Thank you very much for joining us on Hack. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, the first thing to do is seek help when you can. Thanks, Marley. And we've got some good messages through as well. Someone says, an event called Friends on Purpose in Brisbane changed my life. The host would hold picnic mixes, games nights. Everyone who attends was in the same or similar boat to me. And that's all we've got time for on the Hack Podcast for now. I'll catch you next time. Hack on Triple Jack.